recorded their path through the apartment like tracks in the snow. But who would ever see? It was obvious no one apart from them knew this place was still here. It was hidden in plain sight, the neighbours' apathy no doubt perpetuating the secret, everyone working on the assumption that it belonged to someone else, that it was someone else's problem. You couldn't just lose an apartment after all, couldn't forget you owned it. But someone had. The first man stopped in the kitchen. A single chair lay on its side on the floor, a dresser stood bare, its hooks like curled arthritic fingers with nothing to hold. There wasn't a pot or a pan, a bucket or mop. The place had been stripped. Disappointed, they walked further down the hall, their twin beams of light crossing over each other like duelling swords in the blackness as they continued to search. Both men stopped at the threshold to the bedroom. An iron bedstead was pushed against the back wall, but that wasn't what quickened their pulses. A large wooden crate stood at the end, the lid splintered from where it had been levered off, a crowbar still on the bed slats. They hurried over, the first man squinting as he read a small sheet of paper stapled to the inside. The handwritten script had faded in the sun, but there was a company name and oval logo on the top, and it looked like some kind of pro forma docket. Behind him, the second man tripped over something on the floor and lurched heavily into the end of the bed. He swore and looked back irritably, picking up the offending article. He had thought it just a rag, but on closer inspection saw it was a child's toy, a cloth duck comforter, its stuffed head bald from overuse, the terry cloth bleached with age and thick with dust. The man immediately sneezed, letting it drop to the floor again. So much for silence, his companion thought. They might as well just hold a party and invite the neighbours. Holy shit, he whispered, shining a light into the crate as he stared in. The second man hurried over, his flashlight too flooding the dark cavity with light. Both men stared, open-mouthed at what was inside. It was more than they could have dreamed of. Quick, let's get her out. Chapter One Wiltshire, England, August 2016 Summertime had England in its grip. The heat wave baking the continent had finally hit British shores, and the nation was revelling in its signature jubilant mood that was always unzipped any time the mercury nudged the thirties. Deck chairs dotted the parks, freckles multiplied, children played in fountains, and residential streets reverberated to the slap of flip-flops on bare feet. Not that Flora Sykes could see or hear any of this. Her parents' back garden, eight acres in the Wiltshire countryside, was bordered by high beech hedges and carpeted in chamomile lawns, and she had been blissfully face down and unconscious on the lounger by the pool since arriving, a cool three hours after she'd stepped off the plane. Her big brother Freddy was still nowhere to be seen, sleeping like a student, her father was on the golf course, and her mother, swatting away Flora's half-hearted, exhausted offers to help, was efficiently plunging langoustine into boiling water, apparently unmoved by the creature's Nemo-like attempts to escape by wriggling the plastic bags they were held in across the counters. Flora had intended to read, 
One of her New Year's resolutions, involving working less and playing more, had been to read everything on last year's man-booker longlist, but by March that had been amended to reading the shortlist, and now she would just be grateful to get through this first book that she'd bought in January and was still only a third of the way through. The problem was adrenaline. Her life was ruled by it. Long, intense, work-around-the-clock bursts, followed by crashes into oblivion, and it left precious little time or energy for pastimes like reading. This week had been a case in point. She'd woken up in Palm Beach on Monday, Chicago on Wednesday, and had squeezed in a meeting and drinks party in Manhattan yesterday before darting to JFK in her cocktail dress for the red eye to Heathrow. Cup of tea, darling? Her mother's voice, distant, sounded in her ear. She heard the chink of china on limestone. And you need to put some more lotion on. Your shoulders are beginning to go pink.